So if we can learn how to manage stress, if we can learn how to um, begin to take time every day to rejuvenate, recuperate yourself, then you can break the, 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 the cycle of chronic stress because that cycle is what is killing us. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey everyone, my name is Kim Peek, and I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, the Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. If you're listening in real time, school has just started for a lot of families, making this the perfect time to take a look at your habits and routines, to think about how you're fueling your body, to take another look at the amount of sleep you're getting, and to also maybe pay some special attention to the quality of communication and interaction that you're having with others. And of course, it's important to take time for yourself each day. And I'm not talking about things like hot baths with bath bombs and getting your nails done, although those things can be great. But I'm thinking things like really checking in with yourself, thinking about how you're doing, Finding ways to take mental and physical breaks from all the stress that's surrounding us. Today's guest, Dr. Tersha Hamilton, is going to show us some great techniques for taking mental vacations. And I know you're going to love that mini vacation that she takes us on in this episode. Dr. Tersha is a naturopathic doctor and coach who focuses on natural health solutions for diabetes, hypertension, and digestive distress. She uses a balanced approach to medicine and wellness by finding the root cause of diseases and treating it with methods like nutritional counseling, botanical medicine, lifestyle modifications, and hydrotherapy. Her patients have seen amazing results over time, which include decreases in pain, blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol, as well as increases in vitality and energy. And we could all use more of that right now. Dr. Tersha's goal is to help you live better. Now, let's listen to that interview. Welcome to the show, Tersha. I am so glad to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So I just want to jump right in with you. You're a naturopathic doctor. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit, for people who haven't used that type of doctor in the past, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and Mm -hmm. why seeing a naturopath is a good idea or why people should consider that? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm a little biased, so everyone should see a naturopathic doctor. (laughs) So basically what a naturopathic doctor is, there are, I really should count these, uh, like seven naturopathic medical schools in the U.S. and Canada. So in North America, um, we we have our own four-year medical educations that the first two years um, are mostly the basic sciences. So same basic sciences that every medical professional has to take anatomy, physiology, histology, um, gross anatomy, neuro, like all of those things, because regardless of how we work with the body, the body is still the same. How it functions is still the same in those same two years. And in the last two years as well, we also learn uh, holistic methods of helping the body. So those include medical nutrition, uh, botanical medicine, so using herbs as medicine, um, 
things like hydrotherapy, using water as medicine, acupuncture and Chinese medicine, uh, physical medicine, which is very similar to chiropractic and a few other things. And so basically the idea is, oh, we also learn pharmacology, of course, minor surgery. We learn how to diagnose, how to treat all of those things. So the idea is when a person comes into my office, a patient or a client comes into my office and they talk about what medical concerns they have right now, I am able to look at their situation and try to delve a little bit deeper and not just deal with the symptoms. So the goal is to actually help the body heal as much as possible. All of us have this innate ability to heal. If we didn't, we wouldn't be here right? Um, even conventional medicine knows that they just don't capitalize it. And they don't even mention it as such. For example, you know how in all the movies, uh, doctors will say, you know, they'll, they'll come out of say surgery and they'll come talk to the family and the family's like, how's he doing? He got through the surgery. Um, will he recover? I don't know. It's a waiting game. That waiting game is the innate ability of the body to heal. No matter what we do, no matter what we do, the body has to take over and begin to heal itself. So my job as a naturopathic doctor and um, is to basically facilitate that, to give the body the herbs, the nutrients, the rest, the sleep, whatever we feel the body needs to have in order to improve that healing that's the things that we work on. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't get a medication. So um, about licensure in, in, um, in my profession, not every state is licensed and every state that's licensed doesn't have the same scope of practice. So in Arizona, where I learned, I had full scope of practice. I was a primary care doc. People could come in. I could diagnose. I could treat. I could write prescriptions, all of the things. Um, I'm in Louisiana now. I was in Illinois before. There's no licensures there. So I'm a little bit more limited. Well, a lot more limited. Um, but regardless, whether I'm prescribing it or I'm recommending it, you might get a medication if your symptoms dictate that. But if I give you that, it won't be the end all be all. Mm -hmm. We're going to work together to help support your body as much as possible. In some cases, you can potentially get off the medication. In other cases, you can go to a lowest dose of that medication. In some cases, it's you just stay on the medication and not get as bad as you would progress normally. So that's in a nutshell of naturopathic medicine. And I feel like everyone can benefit from seeing a naturopathic doctor because if nothing else, we can help support your body through whatever is going on, right? In a multitude of ways. And so just setting the body up to have the best outcome is our goal. My goal is to eventually have you not need me anymore, right? So regardless of what situation you're in, if I can get you to the point where your body is um, healing itself or you, you know, you've learned what your body needs, then you don't need me as much. Um, and so that's, that's basically what an naturopathic doctor is and, and what I do. So there's a lot of different strategies that can help get a person besides just throwing a bunch of medication at them. And sometimes you do need the medicine, but yeah. a lot of times you don't. There's a lot of different strategies that can get you there, including nutrition and sleep yeah. and stress reduction. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So there are some basic things that everybody needs. Of course, we need nutrition. Our bodies are made of 
um, building blocks. So, you know, when we say eat your vegetables, it's not just because they're good for you. Of course, they're good for you. But the reason is because when you break them down into its smallest pieces, you get vitamins, you get minerals, you get fiber, you get phytonutrients, which are plant nutrients. You get all of these things and they actually go into the body on cellular and micro, um, molecular level and begin to help the body to work. Your body is a bunch of cells and biochemistry. When you look at biochemistry, any biochemical pathway, you're going to need a nutrient of some sort, depending on the pathway, to make that work. That might be magnesium to help glycolysis, which is, you know, basically breaking sugar down into its most usable form or, you know, other whatever it is. That's where vitamin D and, and, and the vitamin C's and the vitamin B's and all of that come through. Um, so those are absolutely needed but it's not it you need to sleep we sacrifice sleep especially in this country when we're trying to get things done we sacrifice sleep because that's one of the things that we can control you know you have all the things to do you put everybody to bed and now is my time to get these things done so you end up staying up until 12 1 2 3 o'clock in the morning trying to do all the things that you couldn't do during the day and you still have to get up at 6 5 8 you're sacrificing that sleep. Sleep is a time that you heal and grow, right? So those people who have children, you know, every time you woke up, your child grew two inches, two feet, mm -hmm. right? So you had to buy new clothes. As adults, the process is the same. When you're ill, you get sleepy because that's what your body is telling you you need. You need to rest so that all of that energy can be diverted to the healing process. Um, sunshine, we need it. It helps us produce vitamin D. It, it, I mean, it energizes me if it's not too hot. <laughs> so like now it's the dead of summer in Louisiana. It's hot. Oh, so it can man. be a bit draining. But, you know, it's, it's energizing. It's life-giving, right? We need the sun. We need the air. We need connection to other people. We need movement. These are certain things that we absolutely need in order to help our body function. Um, now, sometimes we need a little bit more of one than the other. We need sometimes more nutrients in one area than the other. And that's where that person who is, who is educated in nutrition and all of these other things uh, come into play. Uh, so if I have 10 people that come into my office with a headache, I can give them all Tylenol or some other kind of medication, but why does that person have a headache? One person might have a headache because they have hormonal imbalances, so they get headaches every time they're about to have a menstrual cycle. One person might have headaches because they're dehydrated. One person might have a headache because they haven't gotten sleep. One person might have a headache because a, a certain person triggers them. One person might have a headache because when they inhale a certain scent, it triggers them. That is five or six completely different reasons for the same manifestation. So giving a Tylenol is more of a Band-Aid, which you might need to get out of that crisis, so quote unquote, situation right now, but to treat the cause, to get to the root of it, to help have you not have as many headaches in the future or any, if possible, we need to get to the root of that, figure out why you're having those headaches and work on that thing. And then moving forward, you should have less headaches. I think that the headache example is a really good one because it's something that everybody can relate to because we've all had headaches before. So I love that yeah. example. 
So what is the first step when somebody comes in to see you? Mm -hmm. I would imagine then, since there's not a a quick fix, you're not throwing just medication at them, that there's a little bit more conversation and investigation Mm -hmm. going on. So where does that process start for your your patients? (laughs) You can call them customers (laughs) because honestly, healthcare is a consumer, you know, it's it's consumer driven. And most people don't realize that, which is why I mention it. Like yeah. you are the consumer for healthcare. So when you see a naturopathic doctor, you can expect to see, to spend a lot more time with your doctor, a lot more. So when you go to your conventional doctor, um, you might be in the doctor's office for upwards of 30 minutes or so, you know, waiting room, going to the, um, the, the patient room waiting, you're seeing some of the med techs and then the nurse and then the doctor and then whomever else, the blood draw person. Um, but your time you spend with the doctor might be three to seven minutes, 15 minutes. If it's somebody who's, you know, really got some time, um, a naturopathic doctor, your initial visit will generally not be less than an hour. Sometimes it's upwards of two. Um, and all of your follow-up visits will be anywhere from half an hour to an hour, depending on why they need to follow up with you. And in that time, that's when we're trying to delve into as much background information and current information as possible um, so that we can get in all the information that we need for that moment. And then once you leave, you get as comprehensive a treatment plan or a recommendation list as you can um, handle. Because trust me when I say that we've created pages <laughs> of you know things for a person to do. But sometimes you can only do enough to, you know, just all I can do is handle, all I can handle is um, an extra cup of water. Mm-hmm. All I can do is sitting down and drinking this cup of tea for five minutes. I can't do anything else. All right. So we'll start you there and then we'll move forward from there. And then the next time we see you, we'll check in. How are you doing? And then we'll try to build from that. But if you can handle it, then we might go all in and give you a more extensive treatment plan or, you know, recommendation list. Um, and then subsequent visits, we may, we will start peeling back the layers because what, what we first do may not get to it because you might have years and years of accumulated stuff and gunk and crap <laughs> that is uh, getting, that is making you at the point you are now. So if we can, um, start peeling it back layer by layer, then over time you'll start feeling better and better. That doesn't mean that you won't get worse before you get better sometimes because that's the way it happens. Um, the way that I like to explain that part is when you're doing spring cleaning in your home, you know, let's say most of our homes are relatively neat, relatively clean. We have our junk folder, our, I mean, our junk drawers, and you know, we have the closets that have all the things in it. But when you look at it, the house is relatively clean. But once you start pulling things out of the drawers, once you start pulling things out of the closet, the house gets messy. And you don't, you know, when you walk into that house at that moment, you don't feel as good. You don't feel as free. You don't feel as, you know, as you don't feel as comfortable to cook. You don't feel as good. So it might get worse before it gets better. But as you start throwing stuff away and donating things and repackaging things, it gets better. And your body is the exact same way. And so, you know, every layer of healing might have that ebb and flow where you get feel great, you feel a little worse, you feel better. But each time the goal is to help you continue to feel better and better and better on, in each round. 
So I always think this is so interesting too, because I'm fascinated by this, like with every, not just with medicine, but with Uh like getting people to exercise or getting people to make any life change. You have somebody who comes to you and you talked about some people can handle a lot. Some people can just handle, let's sit down and have the tea. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious about how do you get people to stick with it? Because there are so many people who what I call them is chronic restarters. They, they stop and then they start again and they stop and they start again. They just can't stick with the plan. They might get gung ho about it when the doctor talks to them. And then two weeks later, they're like, Oh, it wasn't so important anymore. What do you, what kind of things do you do to help people remain consistent? That really depends on the person. Again, why did they stop? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to admit, you know, full disclosure, I can be in that group of chronic restarters. Me too. <laughs> so, so it's not, you know, even those of us who know better are not always able to do what we're supposed to do and continue to do it for long periods of time. And so I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because I don't want anybody to feel like, you know, if they have to restart or if they quit, like they are the oddball because it's not right. True, right. True. Um, finding out why is one of them is one of them. Um, are you discouraged? Do you need constant motivation? I may be able to provide that. You may need to find a group of friends. You may need to find a, um, a, a, a group of people that are maybe not be friends um, that can motivate you to the end that you want to. So, you know, your best friend may not be the person to do that for you. If you wanted to say run a marathon in, you know, in a year, then you probably need to join a runner's group. And, you know, get close to those people so that they can continue to motivate you to do that. Um, Are you uh, not seeing your results the way you want to see them? Then you might need to start reevaluating how you see results. When people um, want to lose weight, they might say, I want to lose weight in my arms. I want to lose weight in my thighs. Well, that might be the last place you lose weight, but you've you know, um, your clothes are three sizes smaller, you have more energy, your waistline is, you know, more cinched. Um, like you're, you're having all of this, these improvements, but you're not seeing it in the way that you want. So then we might have to help you remind yourself, I'm not seeing it exactly the way I want to, but here are all these other things that are improving. So let me help, let, let that motivate me. Because our body is going to do what our body wants to do in the way that it wants to do it. We can't always control that. Sometimes um, it might take some um, mental, emotional work. If someone has had trauma, if someone has, is constantly being discouraged or put down, they might need some type of counseling or therapy or guidance or something to that end um, to help them get over those particular hurdles that is helping them to get, you know, keep them where they are. Um, And sometimes there might be some other condition that is hindering them from reaching their goals and they might not realize it. So if you are having headaches and you're working toward them and you were getting rid of the headaches and then all of a sudden, bam, another headache. Well, let's see if there was something else that was triggering that headache because you can have more than one thing going on in your body at the same time. So we've uncovered one thing and that's where we talk about the layers. Now let's see what's underneath this next layer. Um, And sometimes you just need to speak to people in the language they understand. 
I might say, you need to do yoga. If somebody is diametrically opposed <laughs> to <laughs> yoga because of all of the spiritual connotations or, you know, whatever they've heard, then let me just say, let's stretch. Does yeah. that help? You know, and if that helps, okay, then let's do that. Um, and not use those terms that you can't hear. Or if you need me to put it in terms of, you know, religion or in terms of uh, business or in terms of your children, what do you need me to, how do you need me to package this thing so that it becomes important to you? Um, and then once we can find that, then hopefully that can continue to motivate you and re-motivate you every day. Because, you know, it's not just a one-stop shop. You, it's like a bath. You know, you, you take a bath once, you're not set for life, you got to do it again. So motivation, you know, you're motivated now, it's not set for life. You might have to do it again tomorrow or even in the next hour. Yeah, so it sounds like the reinforcement from either your doctor or a coach or a group of friends or somebody who's like-minded but the consistency of the reinforcement of why you're doing this and encouraging you to keep going with it. Would, does that? Yep, absolutely. Because if you think about it, we're getting messages constantly every day, mm -hmm. constantly getting messages. Some of those messages are overt. We see them, we recognize them, and some of them are covert, like they're undercover, they're in the background, but we're still getting those messages. So we need to override those negative messages into messages that will help us live a more holistic life. We need that because, again, we're constantly getting these other messages. You're driving down the street and you see ads for McDonald's and Popeye's and, like, all of these fast food restaurants and you're hungry. Well, you need to be reinforced that this is not that this all there is. You know, home-cooked meals, sit-down restaurant, those are important. But the message you're getting is fast food continuously. You know, um, yeah, cereal. We don't see messages like commercials with cute characters for uh, for fruit and vegetables. Right. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we need that, you know, reinforcement to overcome that. Okay, now you have two books. So since we are on the topic of food, I want to talk about your quarantine kitchen cookbook first. Yes. I hear you have that coming out. What is that? Yes. So the quarantine kitchen cookbook, um, I recruited 11 of my closest friends <laughs> to uh, write this book with me uh, because, of course, we are still in the middle of this global pandemic. And... In the beginning of it, when everybody was kind of freaked out, and like the whole world had shut down and everyone was tensed and scared and feeling all the feelings and children had to be home at, you know, homeschooled and life just shut down and shifted. We still had to figure out how to take care of ourselves. A lot of us didn't know how, you know, a lot of people don't know how or didn't know how. Um, those of us who are in the holistic health field we had our ups and downs, but then we were still able to pull on some of what we already knew to do. So what we do in the book is we share some of the recipes that we liked during the, the, the lockdown, right? During the quarantine. Um, and they are anywhere from, you know, a, a hibiscus drink to, you know, lasagna 
um, to snacks. So there's a variety of things that we um, that we created: breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, some have meat, some are vegan. Um, that we wanted to share with other people that are not um, difficult to make and can still be very he- healthy and filling. Um, of course, some of the recipes are a little bit more complex because depending on the meal, it is. But um, these were just some of the meals that we and our families ate during the um, during the quarantine. We also give some health tips. Um, each of us wrote a chapter on some aspect of health. So things like how um, uh, what is organic. Um, uh, how to get your children to eat healthy food, um, how food affects your hormone levels, right? So just giving you more information on how you can use food to improve your health because food really is medicine. Um, that was the goal is to just help people to navigate this time because we're still in it. You know, even though we don't want to be, we don't like it, we're still in the middle of it. And so, um, yeah, we just wanted to make sure that we did what we could to help those around us to use some of the things that we've been using um, in the middle of this. So nutrition is obviously a really important aspect of how to manage the uncertainty and the stress of what we're all going through right now. What are some other things that people should be watching out for and paying attention to? Stress. Stress is a big one even before this stress was huge. And then you add all of 2020, (laughs) everything about 2020, just about. um, And that's just, you know, stress multiplied. Um, Stress is a huge contributor to illness. And we don't know how to handle it at all in general. Excuse me, let alone during a global pandemic and civil unrest. Um, and so it's it's even more compounded. So if we can learn how to manage stress, if we can learn how to um, begin to take time every day to rejuvenate, recuperate yourself, then you can break the, 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 the cycle of chronic stress because that cycle is what is killing us. Um, We've all heard the term fight or flight or fight, flight, or freeze. That is basically the body's response to danger. What's supposed to happen is you're being attacked by a bear or a lion or a tiger or a pit bull, and you do what you need to do to get out of danger. You either fight it, you run from it, or you're, you know, some people are just kind of frozen in their tracks. Um, but the idea is that once you get out of danger, your body goes back to normal. When you are in fight or flight, some things in your body shut down almost, almost completely, not completely, but something shut down digestion, uh, lactation, uh, urination, defecation, those things shut down. And a few other things, those things shut down because it takes that energy and diverts it to getting you out of danger. Why would you digest food when you're about to be something's food, right? There's no need to use that energy for that. If we are in chronic stress, wake up to an alarm. We're already late. Got to shove some food down the family's throat. Nobody's dressed. Um, Morning traffic. Somebody missed the bus. I got to drop them off. Now I'm late. 
deadline at work, can't eat food at lunch, um, in the evening, more traffic, get home, everybody's screaming, everybody's late, we got to do all the things. People don't want to go to bed. They finally go to bed. Now I get to do all the work that I had to do. I only got two hours. Now I have to go to bed four hours of sleep. Cycle starts again. This happens for years. You're never not running from that bear. So you're never not in fight or flight. That causes problems. That causes your body to start breaking down. If we can start to break that cycle, even for five, 10 minutes a day, get used to breaking that cycle, then we can start to see better healing. As we get used to that five or 10 minutes of um, breaking that cycle, I call it taking vacations, a daily vacation. Um, once you get to, once you can figure out how to do that, then you can build on it. And hopefully it becomes 10 minutes and then 20 minutes and then an hour and then so on. And it just becomes a part of your life. But stress is a huge one. And it it lends to everything, every single thing in your body, in your life, in your body. And that's the perfect tie-in to the name of another book that you have. Yes, Take Vacations <laughs> Daily: Learning to Live More and Stress Less. Yes, give us yes. a little bit of a hint about what kind of a journey you take people through in this book, because you have them do some journaling, right? Yes. So the book is more of a journal. Um, it talks a little bit about health. It talks a little bit about the mindset of health. Every book that I've written, um, I usually start off with mindset because that's sort of where health begins and ends. Um, why is this journey important? Why is it important to begin to take vacations every single day? Um, what is the stress response? What does it look like? And then in this journal, I give you 366 examples of little ways that you can take a vacation every single day. So um, the idea is that you open the book and you can open the book to a random page or you can go in order and you look and see what it says. And so um, like I just opened the book and it says walk on the beach. Now I don't have a beach near me, but you know, I can find a body of water or I can find something or maybe I can just imagine being on a beach while I'm taking a walk. Right. Um, and in the book, it says the beach is one of the most healing places on earth, the sun, the sand, the salt water, the sounds all able to invigorate you. If you let them, if you don't have a beach around, find an ocean sounds track and imagine you're there, find a photo of a beautiful beach and walk along the coast in your mind, allow the beach to melt away your stress and recharge your day. So if you can go to the beach, whether physically or mentally, be there with all of your senses, all of your senses. Be engulfed in that moment. Don't think about anything from the past. Don't think about anything in the future. Be in that moment. Use all of your senses. What does the beach smell like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like to have the water on your feet? Is it cold? What does the wind feel like against your skin? What does it sound like to have the wind rush into your ears or the birds chirping or to have the, the, um, the fish jumping out of the water? What does it taste like? Can you taste the salt water? Can you taste the mimosa that you're drinking? <laughs> Whatever that is, be in that moment and engage all your senses for five or 10 minutes and then come out of it a little bit more refreshed than you were before, right? And then write down your experience as you were walking on the beach. And then if you feel like it, like revisit that. 
Um, revisit that walk on the beach. How did you feel then? How do you feel the next time you do it? So that you can remind yourself about this experience and remind yourself about that progress. So going back to that motivation piece, you might need reminders about how um, things benefited you or how much you progressed even in that short period of time. And do you have, I, I love that example of the beach. That was really good. Do you have a time of day that you recommend this? Is it like every morning? Is it just whenever you can fit it in? Just make a point of doing it every day? What kind of guidelines? Do it when you can fit it in. Do it when you can fit it in. Um, I found that when we try to fit it into a certain time of day, that can also become a stressor sometimes. So maybe say the goal is as soon as you wake up in the morning, you start your day with a five to 10 minute vacation, whatever that looks like, so that you set your day up for it. But if you woke up a little bit later, then do it while you're at work. You know, if you're at, if you're at lunch, you know, if you're at work and you, um, you're feeling particularly stressed, go take a mini break and sit out in, you know, outside and then take one of these vacations. Um, or while you're in your car, you're driving, you can still think about the beach while you're driving. You know, you can put on some ocean sounds and just kind of do what you need to do while you're in the car safely driving um, or when you get home or at night before you go to bed. Just fit it in where you can. Do your best to try to make it um, at a, uh, a time of day that you can repeat it, you know, every day, but just do it. Yeah, I love that too. And I, I think when I talk to people who, especially now during quarantine, they sit at their desk in front of a Zoom call all day long I always like to remind people too that once an hour you should get up and move. And if you can't make it once an hour, make a point of doing it a couple times throughout the day because just that mental break yep. is huge. And I always also like to think about, you know, if you are super stressed out, get up, go outside if you can, a walk and a glass of water. Yes. Those two things will just complete can have the potential to completely turn your day around if you Absolutely. just take that break. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that people forget um, or don't realize throughout this quarantine is that just because we are told that we have to stay home doesn't mean that we have to stay in the house. <laughs> we can still go outside. So even if you can't walk in your neighborhood, standing outside your door, getting some sun, getting some air, listening to the birds, that's still beneficial. It's still full of health benefits. Go outside right? Um, do some grounding. So put your feet on the ground, in the grass. Like that connection to earth is literally helping to rejuvenate your body. Sometimes that can be the thing that helps you get you out of your head, get you out of um, stress mode and panic mode. Just that connection to earth. Hug a tree, literally. Hug a tree. <laughs> you know, just connecting to nature um, and drinking a glass of water is definitely something that can be beneficial and helpful. I love those examples too. You know, and I think about even my dogs understand this. My beagle in the morning, if the sun is out, will go outside and sit in a chair in my backyard and just soak in the sun. And we will tell her a hundred times to come in the house. And she does not come in until she is done getting that sun on her body. 
Like even the dog knows that this is what we even should be doing. Even the dog knows. Yes. Even the dog knows. Like nature, those of us who are more connected to nature, and I say us because I'm, I'm saying all of us, because I know that many of us, including me sometimes, we don't remember this. We don't realize this. But all of us, the more connected to nature we are, the more we realize how much we need nature and how much we need to connect and reconnect to nature. Even, again, something as simple as sitting outside um, in the sun, you know, on the ground and just breathing, looking at the, the, the um, playing that game. You remember when you were a kid, how you played when you looked at the, the clouds and you like tried to imagine the oh, shapes? Yeah. Why can't we do that again? As adults, we put away all of that. No, we need that. That is connecting to nature. One thing about doing something like that, going outside and looking around, is it actually is beneficial to your eyes. Part of the problem, especially with the advent of computers, is we're looking at this 2D screen all the time. And there's no depth. There's no nothing. There's these artificial rays, and it's damaging to our eyes. When we go outside, we have depth. We have the, you know, we have our hand right in front of our face. We have the tree that's right there. We have the clouds that's way over there. We have the sun that's way out there. We have to look at things at different depths. We have natural sunlight. We have all of things that are feeding us. And that's actually beneficial. Having that uh, change in the depth of what we're looking at is actually like exercise for our eyes. And so, again, doing the simple things is helpful on so many different levels that we're not even thinking about. Yeah. I also think about my oldest daughter just moved back to New York Mm -hmm. and her first apartment she had was only 10 blocks from Central Park. And I am not a big city person. I do not like, I mean, I have to have my trees. And so I was like, that is an awesome walk. You walk the dog, you're there and you can be in Central Park and forget that you were in a big city. So now she's not so close, but when she was looking for a new apartment, I kept on saying, how far are you from a park? Where are the trees? Do you know how you're going to be able to get to a place where you can, it's basically the whole concept of your vacation, right? Take Mm -hmm. the mini vacation. How are you going to escape all the tall buildings and the concrete and the cars? Yeah. Yeah. And, and those, those, those of you who are in those metropolitan type areas, you really do need that. So that might be something like, um, getting big plants and putting, you know, filling your space with plants because then that is you connecting to nature as well. And then the, the plants are helping to clean the air in your place and uh, fill your room with oxygen. So the more plants, the better. Um, and, and it really just helps you to connect with nature. So even something as simple as buying a few plants can help in that regard, especially for those people who are in areas that are not close to nature. Or um, if you tend not to want to do it, then you just have to be purposeful about sitting there and looking at the plants, sitting there and, you know, being one with that philodendron or whatever it is. Um, So yeah, just being intentional about it, um, even in situations where it's not so close to you. Yeah, this has been a really great conversation. I appreciate all of these wonderful insights. Can you tell people how they can find you and all of the resources that you provide? Absolutely. So you can find me uh, at my website, www.drtersha.com, D R 
T-U-R-S-H-A.com. You can also find me on social media. I am more active on Instagram and Facebook, but all the social medias at Dr. Tersha, D-R-T-U-R-S-H-A. Some of the resources that I provide, I do uh, naturopathic counseling, um, health coaching. Uh, I provide courses on different aspects of health. Uh, I just completed a hypertension summit. Um, so that's available. We are about to uh, start preparing for our sugar summit that should be released in November. So stay close so that you can get some of those resources. Um, and yeah, those that's, that's how I can help. And that's how you can reach me. Awesome. And I always end every podcast with the same question. Power Up Your Performance is all about learning how to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. What are three traits that you believe all champions possess? And that can be in any area of life, um, business, fitness, wellness, just life in general. The one thing is self-care. You have to start taking care of yourself and putting yourself as a priority. That does not mean that you need to ignore other people. Unless those other people are damaging to you, that doesn't mean that you have to ignore them. It just means that you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot be and give and succeed as much as you have potential to if you are exhausted, worn out, ill, not in the best place. So self-care, which doesn't necessarily just mean pedicures and manicures. It means literally doing the things that you need to do to fill your cup, to rejuvenate you. Self-care is extremely important. And all aspects of life benefit from that. Finances, business, exercise, all of it. Family, all of it benefits from you being a whole person, a rejuvenated person. So put self-care at the top of your priority list. One, uh, number two is... Learn some of those stress management tips and play around with a bunch of them. Come up with minimum, say, two that you really, really connect with, that really work well for you and get really good at it. Because when you are in those really high stress times where you really don't have a whole lot of time, if you have been honing this skill and all you have is three minutes, maybe it's some type of meditation. If you only have three minutes, then you can do a lot of healing and rejuvenating in that three-minute meditation. Or maybe it's dance or music or whatever it is for you. Find that thing that helps you to modify your stress in that moment and get efficient at it so that it doesn't have to take you forever to get to the same space. That might take some time for you to hone that skill, but, um, but that's important. And drink some water, <laughs> as you mentioned. Drink some water. Lubricate your body. I was actually listening to some colleagues. They had a panel discussion last night, and I thought it was so brilliant. One of them was saying, um, they, they were talking specifically about skin, but one of them was saying, they were talking about how important water is. And one said, as an example, you can't clean your clothes with soda You can't even clean your clothes with tea. You need water. So think about that in your body. You need water in your body. Even tea is not going to, you know, have the same effect as 
pure water. And I thought that was brilliant. So this water to help your body to cleanse itself, rejuvenate yourself, plump up your skin, give you some energy, brighten your eyes, get rid of your headache if that's the cause of it, decrease your pain, um, decrease your fatigue, all of that can stem from being dehydrated. So drink plenty of water. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really loved this conversation. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. I look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have been here. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know I really related to a lot of what Dr. Tersha said. If you want to continue learning from Dr. Tersha, check out her free ebook at www.drtursha.com slash joy, drtersha.com slash joy. This ebook is a 10-step guide to a happier you, and in it, she shares 10 steps that you can take today in order to increase the joy and happiness in your life. Now, let's recap just a few of the highlights from this episode. Take steps to learn to manage stress. Stress is a huge contributor to illness, so we should take time every day to rejuvenate and recuperate. If you don't manage stress, you're not ever going to stop running from the bear. You'll experience better healing if you can break the stress cycle. She recommends taking a daily vacation. To do that, visualize yourself somewhere you want to be. Maybe the beach. Use your senses. Write about it. Then revisit your writing during times of stress. That way you get double the benefit from your vacation. Go outside and do some grounding or walk the dog or take a walk through the neighborhood. If you can, take off your shoes and let your feet touch the earth. Find two stress management tips that work well for you and get good at them. Find that thing that helps you modify your stress in the moment and get efficient at using that technique. And finally, drink water. All right, have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.